0: You know what was funny was uh, I had somebody come out afterwards, and they said, you know, Pastor, you have the personality type and the humor that I could actually actually picture you sitting at a gym with a corn dog and a Twinkie walking around (laughs) talking to people. (laughs) Hey, how's it going? Hey, you're putting too much weight on there. You should do more reps. Hey,
1: you got to keep your elbows in (laughs) and shoulders down on that one. You see, isolate the pectorals, okay? Exactly. I think that uh, it was probably the the best time I've had skiing, maybe in my in my life. Not because of the mountain was so spectacular or anything like that, because it's South Dakota after all. But um, just. The number of runs that we were able to do And how much fun Cameron had And how much he improved and developed And just like that we had, He and I had a lot of one-on-one time As a result of it too So it was Do you go skiing was, a lot? Do we? Yeah um, At least once a year Nice I went so.
0: skiing once It did yeah. not go well
1: Well, that's for most people I think
0: Yeah How old were you? Twenty-seven, twenty-eight. Yeah.
1: So full-grown adult,
0: right? Well, as full-grown as I am.
1: <laughs> as you mean as much of an adult as you are. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Yeah, I think um, it, it is important for you to be unafraid when you go. Like, people who are scared or jittery or on edge, like, or nervous about
0: it, I think don't do well. Well, that wasn't my problem. So I had never skied before, and I was out in Denver on, my, on our vicarage, mm-hmm. and the uh, associate pastor there at the church, he, I mean, goes up all the time, black diamond, you know, like, comfortable. So we get there, and I'm like, hey, I'm going to go to the bunny slope and, you know, just get the hang of this. He was like, "No, we'll just start on a green. Like you you'll figure it out. It's the same thing." I was like, "Okay." He's like, "We'll go on this run and like halfway up you can you can get off and come down, you know, and we'll do like the half, you know." So we go and for whatever reason they're not letting you off at the halfway mark. So we go all the way up. All the way to the top. So, we get up there, and it's just kind of chaos. There's a bunch of people and stuff. So, it's not like I can stop and he can give me a little direction. Mm -hmm. It's just like, we have to go, you know. And so, I just went after it, you know. I put put the the sticks to the ground, and I go. And I crashed (laughs) probably about 15 or 20 times, like total yard sales. Just, you know, I hit a tree at one point. I I just couldn't. I couldn't uh turn i forget which direction it was like i could i could turn one way fine mm-hmm. but trying to turn the other way for whatever reason like my body just couldn't get the the angle right or whatever it was and so you know like i'm like wiping out on purpose to not take out a kid mm-hmm. i'm you know like all this kind of stuff and uh um, and finally snow patrol comes up and they're like hey uh some people at the bottom said that a guy in a <laughs> a black jacket and red pants might need some help do you want to ride down and I was like yes please and My my pastor was like no he's gonna make it down on his own and I was like oh this is awful and yeah and so then by the end of the first run which I had to have his I literally for the last like I don't know two minutes of it I just hugged him like, I, my skis were on the outside, and I just hugged him. That's what it was to get to the bottom. Because I was just like, Larry, I got nothing left, man. Everything hurts. And, uh, and then finally I went to the bunny slope after resting for a bit. And I was kind of able to get it, but I could never turn that one way. I don't know what it was. Sarah struggles with that, too. She said, like, her knee will lock
1: so that she can't, for whatever reason, she can't get the other ski around. Yeah. To turn, I think it's left, I don't know, but she's she struggled with that too. Like she can go right, but she can't go left. Yeah. So she didn't have a great experience this it, past it, week.
0: It's not as fun when you can't turn.
1: Yeah, I mean lessons are a good idea. Yeah. I would say. We we had the first time so I hadn't been in 20 years. And about 5 or 6 years ago I took everybody uh to Colorado and went to what I would consider to be the like the best place to go. Which Um, is? Beaver Creek. Oh. So. Vail area. Correct. Yeah, the Vail area. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because they have a lot of instruction there. They also have a lot of really good greens. And they have, like, you can go to the top of the mountain, and it'll take you 45 minutes to go down a green. Like, you could take a green all the way down, and it'll take you 45 minutes to go if you wanted to. So you can Mm -hmm. go really slowly, but you get a lot of time on skis or snowboard. And so it's just like a lot of exposure to it right away.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, <clears throat> but not everybody took to it the same way. Mm-hmm. So Kayla did pretty well. Cameron did really well. Um, Logan did not mm. do so great and he fell. And I think when you fall and it hurts, you're, then you get tentative and then like it's just no fun. Mm-hmm. And so Leah's been back and forth on snowboards and skis and hasn't really found what she's what she loves. I don't know that she ever will. She didn't have a great time this past <laughs> week either. But, yeah. And just big, big props to exercise coach because, I like, endurance and strength and everything. Like, I never was sore. I never... I got tired after that second day because we were just, like, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a really, really awesome experience. And Cameron just... He took off. So...
0: So what, what place stay. was this in South Dakota? It's called Terry Peak.
1: Okay. I think it's really the only place you can ski there. And so it's, uh, it's, you know, it's not a huge mountain, but it's, what, like maybe a third of the price to get a lift ticket there mm-hmm. as it would be in, in somewhere in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And, um, and not too bad to get to. Like it was Sioux Falls and then over. Nice. How about you? What
0: would you spend the week doing? Well, uh, we had my in-laws, all my in-laws in for the whole week. So, um, they're all pastors. So we always get together like a day or two after Christmas. Um, it is pretty cool. Joe, my wife, Joe, her, her family, um, when they do like a a massive family reunion, um, they have like something like 25 pastors in the family. Grief. It's, it's crazy. And so, uh. So yeah, no, no we, pressure. Um, right. Well, and and, and it's interesting because I'm kind of the black sheep because I'm I'm the contemporary one, right. and they're all you know on the other side of things for the Lutheran Church there you know on on the Lutheran traditional side and and so um you know at, at first it it was it was you know because that that is a, a big a big challenge in our church in the Lutheran Church mm-hmm. is uh, is those polarizing sides of of worship and um you know it's, it shouldn't be but it is mm-hmm. um, traditions tri- yeah the tradition versus the the contemporary and um because i i grew up traditional mm-hmm. eight o'clock hymnal you know cranking out some of this is the feast and you know um and so i i'm not one of those guys that's like oh we have to do away with that oh it doesn't reach people anymore yes it does and still there's still young people that connect with that that like the the ritual of it and the the familiarity of it you know to be able to show up to church and i i know what's happening right. and and uh and i appreciate it too cuz like i think i've shared it before but like when joe's grandma had alzheimer's and um and she was blind we would take her to church and uh she was sweet as, she would forget she was blind and so <clears throat> oh it was so cute She'd be sitting next to you and she'd go Whoa who turned out the lights you're like, you're like Grandma Ruthie you're, oh, you're blind no You know like she would forget You know, She was very fun about it um, But you know she wouldn't be able to read or anything They'd start doing the liturgy They'd start doing the hymns She knew every word You know like she Because that stuff just stays with you mm-hmm. and that, And that's the beauty of the traditional service You know <clears throat> and it helps with the kids gives them something to you know like when you when you do the creeds when the you do miss. the patterns yeah. when you know it gives them something to recite and be a part of so yeah. so i i very much appreciate the <clears throat> the um the traditional practices in church and whenever i describe it to people it's always <clears throat> look when you get a gift card to a restaurant flip it over and what you see is that restaurant chain usually has like seven, eight different restaurants and all different varieties. You know, they'll yeah. they have some steakhouses, they have some some seafood, they have some Italian. You know, like they they diversify and stuff, and and that's the Lutheran Church and that's the beauty of the Lutheran Church is we, you know we have some some fast food restaurants in the Lutheran church and we have some you know sit down steakhouses in the Lutheran church and food is all the same but it's just how how i don't know fancy it gets or how 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 it's served how it's served or you know like um you know you go to a nice restaurant and they're wearing the wait staff is wearing tuxedos and you go to a, a you know more casual more more, um, you know, family centered Mm -hmm. place and, you know, they're wearing t-shirt and shorts, you know, like it's, it's all about how it's presented. But, um, you know, I, I don't like the connotation that, you know, just because you're contemporary, um, it's less meat, it's less food. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just, it's just packaged different because food is food when you're hungry and you want to eat. I mean, there, there are days that a, a runs a burger hits the spot for me, just as good as a mahogany steak, you know? um, Well, but you know what I'm saying?
1: You don't have two hours. (laughs) Yeah. So right, you You got 10 minutes to eat.
0: Right. And, and, um, and, and so I don't, I don't appreciate the, the connotation that, you know, contemporary church is less and. Um, And doesn't get deep or, or, you know, it's just packaged different Mm -hmm. because there are people that will never walk in to um, a fancy seafood restaurant because they don't like fancy seafood. And there are people that will never walk into a Taco Bell because they don't like whatever you want to call that meat, you know, like whether it's meat or not. Um, and so we need to be diversified. We need to have all kinds of different ways because, you know, as I look at it, we're all on the same team. So whether you're eating at that restaurant or that restaurant, it's all going to the same team. Mm -hmm. It's all the same company. It's all, you know, and, um, and so it, it, you know, it's, it's interesting in the family because, you know, they'll, uh, they, they've warmed up to the who I am in the contemporary and stuff like that. And, um, and they, you know, like this time, you know, it was really great with her uncles and her dad and her brother-in-law, you know, sitting around and hearing about what's going on in, in their churches and, yeah. you know, and telling them what's going on in ours. And, and, you know, they're excited for us and rooting for us. And, um, and they asked questions and, and then I think they started to understand, like, <clears throat> it's all the same thing. It's just packaged different. And, you know, there might be some things I can learn from what he's sure. doing and it's cool because <clears throat> they have tried some things.
1: How do they feel about the tables? Like the, the round tables that we worship at? I'm curious about that because that's such a departure from a... <clears> the.
0: <throat> well, my brother-in-law loves it. Does he really? <clears throat> yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause he can stretch out. He's tall.
0: Yeah. He's like six, eight. <laughs> he gets to like <clears throat> push the chair back and <clears throat> well, because when, when you get the point of it, that it's, it's about comfort, that it's mm-hmm. about ease and it's about like, Hey, we want you to relax and be here and be comfortable. Like you, you can't help but feel that when you're sitting at a table and you got your coffee sitting there and you know, you got your Bible in front of you and you're taking some notes and you know, mm-hmm. like you're comfortable and, um, you know, he, he has hard wooden pews at his church, mm. <laughs> you know, like we have cushy chairs. Our
1: chairs are comfortable.
0: All right, they are. They are nice. They are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the more old school of the family, yeah, it, that throws them off. But um, but once you explain what we're after, and and I think the biggest thing is, and this is what I've learned through the whole process as I've dealt with other pastors and stuff, is whenever I make a statement of we chose to do this. Inherently, there is always this converse of, well, you're making a judgment about what we do. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so as soon as you can address that at the beginning to say, hey, it's great you do what you do, but there are going to be people that, that you will not be able to reach that we can reach mm-hmm. by the way we do things. And there will be people that we would never be able to reach that you are able to reach by the mm-hmm. way you do things. And we're all on the same team. And it's good that you do what you do, and it's good that we do what i what we do, yeah, um so you know it, it's just a shame because the higher up you get in our our Senate, the more this this debate takes place over and over again and and it's really divisive it, it's really divisive, and that's why you know I, I like where we're at in Nebraska, we have a district president that you know doesn't do, doesn't make it very divisive <laughs> at all <laughs> um and here in Nebraska you have polar polar opposites you know just in omaha you have polar mm-hmm. opposites yeah you know we have one of the most contemporary churches in the entire lcms mm-hmm. here in king kings you know and then you have uh, multiple churches that are some of the most traditional churches in in the lcms here yeah. right here in omaha and that kind of diversity is good for the church so long as we understand that we're all on the same team mm-hmm. and it's not a judgment against anybody else but I mean, you you saw that firsthand when you were at Divine Shepherd, mm-hmm. when when just in one church you offer different types of services six, six different types of services. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does get a little divisive at times.
1: Yeah, it can. Um, I think the one of the the things that that you don't really necessarily. <clears throat> expect is just how pocketed people can be, um, in that they'll, they'll go to quote unquote their service, you know? So maybe, um, an elder generation will go to a certain service and they'll never worship with their kids or their grandkids Mm -hmm. because of that. Uh, and that's, I think that's one of the things we've talked about it many times, just how wonderful it is to see families sitting together Mm -hmm. um, of of multiple generations in this church here. Um, But uh, yeah, people get pretty protective of it. I think more, more so what happened there, at least from, from my viewpoint, people were concerned that Mm -hmm. their service, their worship style was going to go away. Oh yeah. You know? And so when people have a fear of losing something, then they get a little bit catty about what else
0: is going on Mm -hmm. and try to poke holes in it. So, well, and I, I think that's a fair assessment too, that, you know, the traditional church, um, stereotype, but statistically, as you look across the country, that is the church that's in decline Mm -hmm. and the contemporary church within the LCMS is the, the church that is, is growing. Um, and so, yeah, you, all of a sudden, there's a protectiveness, there's a defensiveness about what they have. And, and, um, but I remember when like Grace Hill started, uh, I had people ask me, so we're going to do this, but then, um, at what point do we start getting them into the traditional service? Mm-hmm. And it was like, no, no, no. Our goal is not to make them traditional. Like, and, and that was, that was when it, it was obvious that they're, that, you know people people are elevating a certain service over another as if it is better and it is right and it is true yeah. and another one is not yeah like we'll get them in the door and trick them right <laughs> and then slowly but surely we'll tr- we'll get them to appreciate the traditional mm-hmm. service um that that that's not the goal the uh, and I and I say this all the time for Grace Hill my goal is to to make you christian not traditional lutheran like when we get to heaven god is not going to be a lutheran he's going to be god mm. and i think lutherans do the best job of understanding and preaching the gospel and and the truth of the law and mm. and i'm a lutheran through and through but my goal is to make sure that i connect you to jesus and i do that through a lutheran context but my goal is not <clears throat> to teach you every point of doctrine of of every single lutheran principle and every piece of history of the Lutheran principle mm-hmm. and every every famous uh, uh, f- church father of the Lutheran church like that's not our goal mm-hmm. our goal is to connect you to Jesus and we do it through a Lutheran context yeah. and there's a difference in that
1: do you when your family because how many people did you stay, have staying at your house we
0: had a um, an extra nine. Um, nine oh for a week. Oh, and then on Friday, we invited all the cousins. So that was an extra 12 kids and five adults so all day on Friday. So, that's but that's, way more that's than that Joe's be. family. Like, yeah. they'll put people on floors, couches everywhere. It's pretty cool. Like they, they love that.
1: Yeah. Do you and sit around and play um, Bible Trivial Pursuit with, <laughs> with all those pastors?
0: No, uh, no. they're they're big uh, puzzlers and oh. card people. Okay, so
1: what kind of card games?
0: A lot. All of them. There's like dice games and card games, and yeah, like any money up the any money on no. Those? See, that's bat, my family. We we do <laughs> well, let's make it worth it. We do a little. Yeah, we'll you know play for What's quarters. The point? Yeah, and we we play a little. <laughs> A little Texas Hold'em and stuff. Um, You walk away with a little, little ching in your pocket, you know. Um, But uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're a great family. And uh, um, that's just a lot of kids,
1: you know. Well, and, and I think it is really difficult when you can't just shove kids outside and there's that many of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they have energy, they're cooped up. You know, we're, you know, we're staying with our in-laws right now. So Cameron has reached his limit. You know, we got back from snowboarding and he's bouncing a basketball in their house, you know, and he's in the house. Yes. He's got like mini basketballs and a a literal basket on the floor that he will shoot. Because in our house, he had hoops all over the place, over doors, you know. And so hoop in the driveway, but also like mini hoops inside that if you can't go outside, you can just constantly shoot hoops wherever you are, in his mm-hmm. bedroom, in our main floor, the basement. And we don't have that there because those hoops, um, if you don't know, they can like kind of rub.
0: Right. And the door scratch frame. And, yeah, yeah.
1: So we don't have it over there. And uh, and so he's shooting basketballs into a basket on the floor, like over their head, over furniture, over lamps. And then he's like hitting it on the, on the walls and high on the walls and stuff and... He's just begging. He's like, can we please just go somewhere? So we took him to Common Ground Mm -hmm. yesterday morning with the rest of Elkhorn.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: If you haven't been to that gym before, just right over, right around the corner here. um, It's a pretty good sized gym that they had then divided. And then on one half of the gym, they had um, an older generation playing pickleball. So we have one half of a gym, which is two big hoops, two side hoops, um, and then they had a volleyball net in the middle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So they had a pickup game of like college kids on one end. They had volleyball in the middle of the same court. And then they had just everybody else on this other end. So we walked in and he was like dejected. Mm-hmm. He thought he was going to have like a whole hoop to himself. and But we, we wore him out. And then he had basketball practice anyway. So, But yeah, I mean, kids have energy and yeah. they want to... They need to expel it, you yeah. know. So that's a lot of kids in your house, too. It
0: is. We have found it, it; it's it gets easier the um, the older they get because mm. there's more that they can do and entertain themselves yeah. and so. But yeah, did you stay up all the way to midnight on New Year's? Yeah, good for you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I was playing a gig.
0: Oh, so. <laughs> okay.
1: So you had to stay awake. Had to. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We, we played uh, and uh, we got, we finished at 11 o'clock or just after 11,
0: mm-hmm.
1: then got home at uh, a little after 12 and every one of my kids had somebody staying over. Mm. So when I got home, they didn't make you play until midnight. Well, it was a, it was a country club oh. and like an, it was, it was not like a, um, they have, they have an older clientele. Mm-hmm. And so 11 o'clock was fine. We just counted it down, like New York style. <laughs> counted it down. <laughs> and, and that was that was just fine. It was fun, though. It was fun. Um, but uh, we got home, and it was party time in my house. Mm-hmm. Like, Sarah was in bed. My in-laws were in bed. But when I walked in the door, I'm like, whoa, boy. Mm-hmm. The house was rocking. So I went downstairs, and Kayla had like three friends over. Mm-hmm. And they were raising a ruckus and Cameron had a buddy over and they were in his room playing a game and Lee had a girlfriend over and, or a couple, I don't know. There were kids, every, kids everywhere. Yeah. It felt like, and God, what do you do? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, <laughs> Sarah was not pleased about the amount of noise. I'm like, what did you think was going to happen?
0: Right. So midnight. Everybody we're always
1: bed. like a little, you know, we is it okay? We so we're asking our you know Sarah's parents, is it okay if our kids have friends over? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. They're going to spend the night. Spend the night. Okay, that's fine. And you know, they might be. No, it's fine. It's okay. You know, they say it's okay, but then mm-hmm. when all the ruckus is going on, we're like,
0: this yeah. was a bad idea. You're going to get evicted, <laughs>
1: right? Yeah, yeah. And we got no place to go. Mm-hmm. So,
0: but it was good. It was good. How about you? Did you stay up all night? Uh, I. You had to preach the next morning. I did have to preach the next morning, and uh, so I I stayed up. I watched Ohio State miss the field goal, and I tried to go to bed, and that was at a little after eleven, I think. And uh, yeah, the fireworks just every everybody in my neighborhood, I think, bought mortars, <laughs> and uh, that that kept me up for a while. And uh, I was like, well. <laughs> At some point, I'm going to fall asleep. So, because our our dog she she doesn't do the firework thing, and so we were taking care of that. And mm-hmm. Yep. So it's good. But hey, it's a let's new talk year, about 2023. Your, let's talk
1: about your message. Yeah, that you were a little sleepy-eyed delivering, but
0: yeah, yeah. Well, but we got to sleep in, so that was nice.
1: That did not feel too bad. No. Actually. Yeah. No. I uh, I was. I think I was I was happier than I would typically be on a Sunday morning.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, we talked about um that all of us have goals and hopes for the new year. What are yours? Do you have any? Do you set resolutions? No. But do you have like some just general goals that you want for this year or hopes? Um it's it usually is more um
1: focused on my kids yeah. and what I what I want to see. For them, yeah. my hopes are for them, and, and just like areas of, of improvement. So yeah, I do. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really tell them that necessarily because I don't want them to um, push back so mm-hmm. vehemently. I want I want to just like sort of ease it and sprinkle it in. Mm-hmm. So, but nice. not for me necessarily.
0: How do you perfect
1: that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you've reached the pinnacle, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, it's not that, but I, I you know, I, everybody has, you know, oh, I need to eat better or I need to what exercise more or mm-hmm. I need to, um, you know, volunteer more or mm-hmm. just, you know, like those kinds of things. And that's not, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I just think, especially I maybe you're like this too, but it gets so crazy from November to the end of the year. -hmm. That um, gets kind of fast and loose with Mm -hmm. the parenting. You know, Um, we get really busy, and so we throw a lot of fast food and junk food at them. Um, So it's just sort of a—I look at as a reset for as a family to take a breath. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Logan's graduating this spring, Mm -hmm. so we want to focus on that in a big way, and and uh, and yeah, just get the kids to reset and refocus on the second semester of school. And, uh, and things like that, mm-hmm. but how about you, what are your resolutions? You're not a resolution oh. maker.
0: Uh, I, I set goals. Like what? Um, you know, I got the, the healthy ones, obviously, um, trying to eat healthier. Mm-hmm. That's my goal. For keep you up, too. Th- yeah, I do need to, <laughs> um, try and keep up the, uh, Peyton and I are doing that one together to eat vegetables oh. and fruit for every meal, at least one of them, you know, Mhm. Um, I'm going to cut back on the soda. I drink a lot of soda. Um, going to, you know, keep exercising. Um, and, uh, but then I'm going to read a book a month. I haven't done that and I need to, you know, expand and grow, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I have some books on leadership, some books on, um, self-improvement just stuff like that to kind of read through and um and then i'm really excited to do the bible reading plan Mm -hmm. you know i've read through the bible in a year and and i I, I said this on sunday um it's aggressive (laughs) it it is and and you get to a point where you're not really absorbing you're just kind of checking the box Mm -hmm. you know when you when it's like oh man I missed last, you know, yesterday so now I got to I got to read 11 chapters today. You know, like I got to catch up and you know like you start skimming and, you're like, "Oh yeah, I think I remember that part." Right. Yeah, and you get into, you know, like even like the first one yesterday, um the genealogy, you know. You can just read that. But if if you're only reading one chapter a day, like you can take time to dig through stuff mm-hmm. and and look stuff up and and so I'm really excited to just slow down do the, the the New Testament here because um, I did the Old Testament last year and and for the first time I did it with my study Bible mm-hmm. where whenever I read I would read all the footnotes on whatever I read because I had the time I wasn't rushing through right oh my gosh I learned so much and and you know it was so it, it made so much more connections and sense mm-hmm. you know and so I'm, I, this will be my first year of going through the New Testament reading all the footnotes of of the uh study bible as i do it um and when you're doing one chapter a day it's so easy to do and um and so yeah going through the genealogy and pulling out all these different things that that i was talking about it was really neat Mm -hmm. you know because yeah you look at you look at jesus's family and if you're reading along with us you know chapter one um you know you you see all these names you're like oh okay and then then you realize like hey you know in jesus's it mentions a couple of women, which genealogies didn't do, you know. One of them, you know, uh, tricked her father-in-law to impregnate her because all of her brother-in-laws wouldn't. And if you're sitting here right now going, "What?" <laughs> like that's what I'm saying. Dive in. You also have a, you know, a prostitute who saved a, a spy. You know, you have, you know, like there's some really cool. And and the craziest thing is when they say like Jesus was fully man, like, and you look at Jesus's family tree, you're going, whoa, that's a messed up family it's tree. A up family tree. <laughs> he's yeah. got a messed up family like I do. You Jesus, know, like, he's just like us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, it's it's really kind of cool to see, like, Jesus didn't come from this, like, perfect, pristine, holy family. You know, like, he came from a messy, messed up family, just like we have, yeah. you know. Um, and so, like, when you take the time to read through, that's that's pretty cool.
1: I like doing it as a church too, um yeah, not only for relatability and you know, people to to confer um to talk to, with one another about it um to discuss in small groups and things like that, but also just for accountability's sake hmm you know
0: yeah, it is um it's it's something fun to do, and um my wife and I haven't done like the same reading plans. Mm-hmm. You know, but we're gonna do this one together, mm-hmm. and so that was cool to to be able to talk about the. Are
1: you gonna read to each
0: other? <laughs> I, I don't think so. I like to read here at the office. Yes, like that. I like to. That's my.
1: <laughs> Where you don't have yeah. kids running around? Yeah,
0: like I, I like to set aside some time, do it here at the office, and mm-hmm. she likes to do it at night. Yeah, that uh, to me, like that's not a a devo time, but I she know. that's when she likes to do Reading it. Reading at night
1: is a thing, and I um i can't get on board with it unfortunately yeah. yeah a lot of people do it and i think it's it's probably really good i think it helps
0: slow Lying everything down, down yeah. and yeah mm-hmm. so. but, but yeah um so yeah jumping into the message um you know we we're, we're talking about we all have things that we hope for and, and things that we we would love to see changed about ourselves and better ourselves and usually the beginning of the years when we have those moments more um, we think about that. And, you know, the coolest part is, is you're not alone. God wants you, a better version of you too. Uh, and we call that sanctification, that every every day he wants to help make us more holy, more like him. And uh, throughout the Bible, what we see is there's really five big ways God continually um, grows us in our faith, grows us in our our walk to be more like him. And and we're gonna study those five ways over the, the next five weeks as we start this year. And and the hope is that like you say, hey, you know, if I really wanna make changes in my life, if I really want to see a difference in who I am and and, and in my life, in my world, and my work, in my family, and my relationships, um, let me let me try some of these things. Let mm-hmm. me dive into some of these things and let God grow and mature me in my faith. And the first one was through his word. Um, that the Bible has power and the Bible, the Bible does things. And we said that there were three big things that the Bible does. The first one is it teaches us more about him. The more you read the Bible, the more you see who God is and what he's done. And what, and what that does is that gives you trust that when you're going through stuff, you'll go, Oh, wait, like, I'm not just praying to like God who's way up there and has no idea. Like I'm praying to the God who has shown me throughout the Bible that he is good. He is righteous. He is holy. He is a saver. He is a uh, all knowing. He's all powerful. You know, like you, you remind yourself of this stuff and it, it increases your confidence and trust in God, which will increase your faith. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you go through things, cause you are 2023 is going to have its valleys. It's going to have its hard things, and how incredible would it be if you say, "Hey, you know what? Typically, I spiral when that happens. I didn't spiral this time mm. because I I had more trust than I usually do because I'm reminding myself constantly of who God is, mm-hmm. um, and what He does, and and how He He loves me, and
1: and I think I think um in, in much the same way, you know, for the for the mountain top experiences and circumstances that we experienced this year. Um, to reflect and remember and thank God for those things as well, because um, you know it's it's sometimes a little more difficult to 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 take a second and and go to God, um, thanking Him for the good things right. that that take place. You we know? take him for
0: granted. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so, yeah, that, that's a, a big first thing that reading the Word uh, and studying His Word. Um, Because I said, you know, it's not just reading the word on your own. It's hearing it preached. It's studying it in a small group or a Bible study. Like what we want for you in 2023 is to immerse yourself in the word Mm -hmm. this year. Be reading it, being here, hear it preached every week. Um, And and I said, like, it doesn't have to be me. Like, I listen to other pastors, like find other pastors. And it was funny, after church I had like two or three people go, hey, hey, do you listen to?" And I'm like, yeah, I listen to them too. And they're Mm -hmm. like, oh, okay. And it was like, they almost like were asking, like, does it hurt your feelings I listen to? It's like, no! Like, there are way better preachers out there. Mm -hmm. Like, listen to them. Um, You know, know, we come together to church to to be a family. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can never get too much word. Like, listen to other people. That's awesome. Um, And so, yeah. You know, Whether it's reading the Word yourself, hearing the Word preach, or being in a small group in, in Bible study and learning more and talking more about the Word. Immerse yourself in the Word. Number one, you are going to learn more about who He is, which is going to increase your trust. The second thing reading the Word is going to do is it's going to constantly remind you who you are. Because <laughs> you're going to read stories about people in the Bible and go, How did they fail like that? Like how ridiculous. And then you're going to go, wait, I do that. Hmm. That's me too. That's who I am. I fall like that. I try and be who I want to be and don't make it, you know, like, and, and that's good for you to be reminded that you, the, the law is good for you. Seeing yourself in the mirror for who you really are is Mm. good for you. Um, and, and that's hard you know, in this day and age, because we have such a society that's built on building yourself up and give, you know, speaking or, or just be yourself. You're perfect. Right, you're, right. you're good.
1: Just the way Your you flaws are. are. Okay. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what makes you, you right. That's a and big, that's a big thing. Right
0: yeah. And, and we have this, this world that really tries to, to, um, protect and sugarcoat against any type of guilt or shame. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, is that, Look, yes, there are points where guilt and shame go too far, mm-hmm. where they're unhealthy. But for the most part, guilt and shame are good things in our life. Um, you should have guilt and shame over who you are and what you've done mm-hmm. at, at, for for some parts of your life. Um, and uh, and what that does is it it all the more makes you marvel. At how good God is, that he loves you, he forgives you, and he died for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I said was it increases your gratitude. The more you understand who you are and, and your fa- failings and your your shortcomings and your sin, the more you stand in gratitude for God and what he has done and who he is. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that he, he loves you and he forgives you and he died for you. You said
1: um, something about, um, and I, I won't get it exactly correct, but but babies are little evil monsters, right? <laughs> <laughs> little evil, they're little, they're sinful, evil little monsters. Yes. I think is what you said, something to that effect. Yeah, and um, and just the the point of that, um, that we are born into sin, yeah. and if we take this path of, no, it's okay, you are who you are, yeah. uh, then we that negates the need for a savior. Right. 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 Yeah.
0: If if you're, if you're a good person, you don't need to be saved. Right. Um, and, and, and yeah, I t- I talked about that. We're, we're born sinners. You do not have to teach a baby how to sin. Right. You don't. <laughs> they, they are born little, little selfish. Sister. Yeah. Little. <laughs> they are. Um, and, and the sad part, we don't grow out of that. We are that forever. Um, and, and every day God's, sanctifying us and and making us more holy but every day we are still sinner and saint um and and what we talked about is you know Jesus when the when the woman is is crying at his feet and cleaning his feet with her her tears and her hair and you know he he looks and he says to to uh the people that are questioning him like you know how how do you let this sinner and he says look people that think they need to be forgiven of just a little they're thankful for me people that feel like they have to be forgiven of everything and it's a giant mountain and they're overwhelmed mm-hmm. by their sin they they can't help but do this mm-hmm. and and so the the gospel only becomes more powerful and marvelous and awe-inspiring the more you recognize just how deep your sin goes yeah. and that God would love you right that God I mean, I think it's one thing to know that God forgives you of the, the mean things you say to people and the, the hurtful things and and the things you do. But like, what about your thoughts? Mm. Like if, if there was like a TV screen that displayed all the things you think throughout the day and everyone got to see Mm -hmm. it, you would be mortified and you would probably be ostracized. Um, because what happens in that little space in your head, like, all of our thoughts we think are ours. Mm-hmm. God knows every one of them. Right. And, and it's one of those things, like, sometimes I do things that are good on the outside, but my motive is not good. <laughs> you know, like, God knows sure. that. And while the whole world is sitting there going, like, oh, that was A really nice of you. Like, God's going, like, you... Yeah. You're not it's tricking selfish. me. That's all about you. Right. Yeah. You're not tricking me. Like God knows everything.
1: You mentioned, um, you know, when you'll have, uh, you know, a, a marriage in distress and you'll have a, a husband come in and yeah. and say, you know, yeah. like things yeah. aren't good and lack of intimacy or whatever it happens to be. And yet <clears throat> you turn that around and you're like, okay, well, what yeah. What's your private life like? Yeah. You know, what are you looking at? What are you right. thinking about? Yeah. Um because, you know, adultery just isn't the the act of actually doing it. Carrying it, it out. Right. It's thinking on it, it's wanting it, it's whatever right. whatever it happens to be. Yeah. What we, are you, you know, what are you looking what at? What
0: are you thinking about what, you know, are you deep in porn? Are you lusting after other women? Mm-hmm. Are you um, you know, uh uh you know, looking at things, you know, and and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and God says, just the act or the thought of, of lust, mm-hmm. of wanting to do it, is equal to doing it. Right. And God's, I mean, it's one of those things. If you and your wife were stuck on a deserted island and there was no other influence, you had never seen another woman, you had, like, man, you would, she would be your whole world. Mm-hmm. She would be the sexiest thing in the world to you. Mm-hmm whatever body shape or, you know, whatever it is, like if that was all you had and that was your soul focus and, and and if it wasn't just about your own sexual, uh, um, uh, needs. And, and, you know, like if you, if you looked at her for all of the beauty that she Mm -hmm. had, you know, because that's the one thing that sex or, or I'm sorry, that's the one thing that porn does is it, 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 creates this mindset of treating women as sexual objects, um, you know, and and you miss out on all of the beauty that Mm -hmm. a woman is, you know, the, the, the beautifulness that she brings to in her, her personality and her laughter and what she brings out in you and what, you know, what makes her different and unique and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and the more you can cut out that noise and the more you can focus on your wife, um, the, the more you can water your own yard, right. the more beautiful it will bloom. Yeah. And the more beautiful you will see her and the more you will cherish her. Um, And and this is, you know, hard because, you know, uh, the statistics on pornography for, for men, it does not change based on religious uh, affiliation. Mm-hmm. Whether you are a Christian, Muslim, atheist. Right. Christian, uh, uh, pornography, the stats are the same for men across the board and, um, it's addictive and it warps your mind and it, it, it really will hurt your relationship. And sadly,
1: extremely accessible, um, more so than it ever has been before. Oh yes. And I, and I really fear for, for the young, the young generation, the youngsters, the youth, yeah, um, who can get just completely locked into that at a young age and and uh, not understand the the damaging nature of it or the the, the ill well, effects and, of it. And I
0: mean, like, and it it will hurt your relationships. Yeah. So. The more I dove into human trafficking, yeah. And learned more and more about that industry, mm-hmm. the more I was disgusted. And so if you have someone or if you personally are struggling, that's what I invite you to do right. is dive into learning about the organizations that help those industries. Mm-hmm. Um, here at Grace Hill, the one we support is I've Got a Name um, and and there are so many others and learn what what they see on a daily basis and it will disgust you at the whole industry yeah. and it'll be easy for you to not be a part of it.
1: Right. Yeah, for sure, and healthy growth for you. Yes, as well.
0: Yes, <laughs> to to change your heart and and um, and pull yourself out of that. Mm-hmm. The last the last point was um, it kind of leads right into it. Yeah. Uh, the third thing that reading the word um, and and saturating yourself in the word regularly will do is it'll teach you how to live. Because you know, so many people are like, oh, "I've gone to church my whole life," and and then you look at their life and you're like, "Why did you make that decision? Why are you doing that? Why are you making that a priority?" You know, and it's like they haven't they haven't taken the truth of the Bible and actually applied it mm. to the things in their life, to their relationships, and to their their family, and to their work, and to their finances, and to their their uh, how they spend their their free time, how mm. they you know like. <clears throat> and the the third thing is is that the bible will show you and, and Jesus made that point and that was what we were talking about like for those that put it into practice it is like building your house on a rock and for those fools that hear this and don't put it into practice it's like building your house on the sand you are going it, it's going to fail you you're going to have all the knowledge in the Look. world and yet it's going to do nothing for you and you are going to face all kinds of issues because you don't actually actually put it into practice. The
1: two things that stood out to me about this point, first of which um, was that we are quite literally building a house on sand right now. So that was the first thing that popped out. to (laughs) You mean you personally? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, is that safe? Is that a good idea? Is that going to work out? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) But the second thing uh, was, you're
0: building a house on a lake so that people understand. Yeah. So you're building your house on sand.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's,
0: Literally, not figuratively. Literally on the sand. Figuratively, and your family, you guys are building your house in sand.
1: Oh.
0: Oh, gosh, I didn't. (laughs) I guess I didn't
1: think about it that way. Maybe we are. (laughs) The other thing that popped out to me was your illustration of. being an expert in health and fitness, yes. and going to the gym, and like watching other people do things and tell them what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong, and how to do things when you're just not yes. <laughs> like you're holding a corn dog and a twinkie.
0: Yes, yeah, I loved it. <laughs> you know what was funny was uh, I had somebody come out afterwards <laughs> and they said, "You know, Pastor, you have the personality type and the humor that I could actually, actually picture you sitting at a gym with a corn dog and a twinkie, walking around <laughs> talking to people." <laughs> Hey, how's it going? Hey, you're putting too much weight on there. Yeah. You should do more reps. Hey, you got to keep your
1: elbows in, <laughs> and shoulders down on that one. You see, isolate the pectorals. Okay, yes.
0: exactly. Yeah, walking through Whole Foods. Walking through Whole Foods. Yeah. That's right.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hey, grinding hey. those peanuts the you, right yeah. way. Yeah, you want to? Yeah. yeah, don't eat that. <laughs> the don't eat that. Eat this. Eat that. Yeah. Um. I, yeah. It's. It's. That is. That is such a very, very valid point that you can study, you can be a student of, you can be immersed in God's word, you can be a regular churchgoer, you can take in worship, you can be in small groups. But if you're not actually putting those things yeah. to practice, if you're not if you're not putting um you know, what's another cliche? I don't know, I'm not gonna use it anymore, but um, if you're not doing it, then what's the point? Right. Knowing it and doing it are two two different things altogether. Well,
0: it's like it's like finding out you have cancer, doing out all the research, finding the best treatment option, and then not taking it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I, I've done all the research. I know this is how I I can get healed, how I can get better, but but yeah. I'm not going to do it.
1: I th- I think of it um, in in all sorts of terms, but but certainly you know for for um, physical and and emotional health you know we've got uh family members that that struggle with anxiety and depression and and knowing what things are good and and bad that's that's one thing, but then actually actively right. following that that guidance and and information and knowledge is another and when you get on the other side of a, of a, of a circumstance, and you're like, how did, that, how did that go that way? Well, it's not because you didn't know what was the right thing to do or the right way to right. be or the right way to act or the right thing to say. It's because you didn't do it. You didn't do it.
0: Yeah. Yep. And, and Jesus, I mean, he flat out says, you're fools if mm. you don't do this. You're fools if you don't live in a way that you apply this stuff to your life. Mm. Um. And I don't
1: think he ever said it was going to be easy.
0: No, and he doesn't. He doesn't say, hey, this will fix everything. Because mm. a lot of times, you know, living out the word causes hardship. Mm. You know, your 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 relationship with your wife or your, your husband, um, it might not be very healthy at all, but it works because you just sweep stuff under the rug and walk away and and, and it functions. But it's not good. Yeah. And all of a sudden Jesus is going, nope. Open up that, rip that bandaid off. Open up that wound. Let's clean it out. Yeah. And it might be really ugly for a while, but he's saying that's healthier for you, right? To actually address these things, address it. Um, to actually put this stuff into practice. To actually, um, you know. And I, I brought up some examples. You know, uh, don't don't just um. Don't just confess when you're caught. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> confess get that weight off your chest Mm -hmm. feel 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 what it's like to actually just do the right thing uh don't don't um you know to to forgive and and just let go and feel that peace that Mm -hmm. that's there um to to you know battle your your greed give to the needy yep and and then all of a sudden all the stuff around you you see as a reward not as a a trophy it's like hey I I have I have this opportunity to to give more away to to leverage this somehow. Yeah, it is what
1: God's blessed you with yeah. to to help others to give to others, you know. And, and you made a great point um, to to draw a line of you know not prosperity gospel, not because God's going to reward you in a way um, of earthly things, immaterial things because you give but rather he's going to change you and change your heart right. because you give.
0: Well, because you hear that phrase, oh, if I do, what, <clears throat> if I obey God, I'll get his blessing. Yeah. We immediately in our own selfishness and pride, take it as material yeah. and financial mm-hmm. and I'll be happy. And God's going, no, no, no. The blessing you're going to get is that you are going to grow in maturity and faith and strength and you're going to be firm on the rock Mm -hmm. and that is a blessing to your life that one day you will go oh man i'm glad yeah and that's the blessing yeah it's not the material stuff it's it's the the tangible stuff the peace the finding joy in any circumstance the the healthiness the you know less stress you know like that's a blessing Mm -hmm. And, and that's what he offers by following his word
1: yeah yeah it's a great way to start off the year for yeah. sure. You know, and, it's and a chal- I, challenging, yeah. challenging way. Um, you know, be it uh, immersing yourself in the Word and learning more about this mysterious God, yeah, of ours, this yeah. mysterious Father. You know, and, and to, to, to any level that He's going to reveal Himself, it's going to be in and through His Word, yep. and uh, and then to be reminded and humbled um, to know who we are in that relationship mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, and that is sinful, sinful creatures in need of a savior. And, um, thank God we have a savior.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I, and I hope, and I challenge you to, to, to be immersed in your word this Mm -hmm. year. Let 2023 be a year that you dive in deep.
1: Yeah. And, and if you've, if you're finding yourself, um, on, on the outskirts or the outside, so to speak, and, and not involved in in a worship um, experience on a weekly basis, if you're um, not involved in, in small group um, and that's something you're going to be going into this week, I believe with regard to relationships and accountability and, and iron sharpening iron, so to speak um, that, uh, that the challenge is for you to take that step, you know, take that step, find uh, a place of worship that is, uh, that is near you. um, That is, that is, um, Preaching the gospel that is uh teaching God's word. Um and if you're in and around this area, uh in Elkhorn, then we'd love to have you here. And you know, not to not to oversell that, but um there is a, a low barrier of entry in this place. It's a welcoming place, it's a comfortable place. Uh you'll be able to come in and um and fit in with with the rest of <laughs> with the rest of the sinners, so to speak. It's not a place full of perfect people, and um, we always have room for uh, for new people, and we have new people every single week, so you're not going to be the person that stands out Um, because there are new people every single week, and we have three worship services. You see where I'm going? I'm wrapping it up, right? We have three worship services every Sunday at 8 a.m., 9.30, and 11 a.m. here at Grace Hill, 20275 Honeysuckle Drive. And I also would encourage you, if you have any questions um, about anything on this podcast or about who we are as a church, I'd, um, I'd invite you to reach out to us here. Uh, at Grace Hill, whether um, by email and you can go to our website, which is gracehill omaha dot com or our facebook facebook page at the same um or reach out to Pastor Justin directly. and if you don't mind, I'll just give you an opportunity to give your contact information again like you have before.
0: yeah, yeah, uh, my email is Justin period bell at gracehill omaha dot com and uh, our my my phone is four oh two eight one zero. Five seven four five. We invite you to um,
1: continue on listening to these podcasts as well. Um, you can like and follow and comment, and uh, if you follow, that will bring it up um, automatically as new episodes come out weekly. So we appreciate you. And look God bless. To Have God a great twenty twenty three. Happy New Year. Yeah.